0: As humans, we have this capacity to learn new things across our entire lifetime. And that is because of an amazing brain structure called the hippocampus.
1: Hi, this is Universe of Art, a podcast from Science Friday and WNYC Studios about artists who use science to take their creations to the next level. I'm Dee Peter Schmidt. And uh, today we're shaking things up a bit. I'd like to share with you all an episode from the podcasting for science. Um, what you might have guessed from the title is a show about science and music, it has a lot of overlaps with the universe of art. And before we get to that episode, I'm here with the show's host, Matt White.
2: How's it going, Matt? Hi, Dee. Doing well, thank you. So tell us about your podcast. Yeah, so Sing for Science is a show about science and music. And the idea is that we talk about a song by the guest artist and how it connects to the scientists area of expertise so for example we did one with popular science writer mary roach and the singer of corn the singer of corn is a trained mortician and he has a song called dead bodies everywhere and mary's kind of breakout hit book was called stiff the curious lives of of human cadavers and so the two of them had no shortage of things to talk about in my jaw was on the floor the entire time and uh, as I'm sure you would probably agree there's so much overlap between the way that scholars in the humanities and scientists work they start with curiosity they research an idea and they find evidence to back it up
1: yeah it's such a great idea for a show when I heard that I was like oh my god like I'm listening to that so um, can you tell us about the episode you're sharing with us today
2: Yes. So this episode was recorded live at On Air Fest in Brooklyn, and it features the rapper Kilo Quiche and NYU neuroscientist, Dr. Wendy Suzuki. Wendy's best known for her very popular class and TED Talk about brain plasticity and specifically rewiring your brain with exercise. And I had invited her on to speak with Kilo Kish because Kish had a song called New Tricks, and the hook is you can't teach new tricks to an old dog. And I had a good hunch that Dr. Suzuki was going to refute the implications of that expression that in fact, you can teach new tricks to an old dog and that no matter how old you are, you can always rewire your brain. And it was a great episode. And also like many of the episodes we do, it went in many Mm -hmm. unexpected directions because when Keish was inspired to write this song, she was actually talking about the slog that is social media promotion. And so I think she wrote that lyric based on some feeling of resentment towards that obligation. Totally.
1: And I, I, I really like with your show how you can combine these two things that, you know, on their face might seem a little unrelated. But when you get into the meat of the topic, like with Kilo Kish and Wendy Suzuki, like it's, it's fun getting those two people in a room and kind of separating like the feeling and the emotion from maybe some of the, the science part of it and the, and the research mm. part of it. So I think this episode does a great job kind of illustrating that push and pull, but also
2: that like kind of collaboration I appreciate that you pointed that out, connecting seemingly disparate things. And that's the fun puzzle of working on this show. And it's actually been strangely life-affirming in learning that like any two ideas, two people, two disciplines can be brought together. You can bridge any two things. And it can be clumsy, but it can it can be done. All right. Well, let's get into it. Thanks, Matt. Thank you, Dee. Can't
3: teach tricks to another Teach new to an old yeah. Never the, leash yeah. be a up. Been the block, but you up. Up. Never sit and stay for a picture. Never
2: to tell a picture. Welcome to Sing for Science, the show where musicians and scientists talk about music and science. I'm your host, Matt White. Each week we'll talk about a song by our guest artist and how it connects with our guest scientist's area of expertise. Today, we'll be speaking with multidisciplinary artist and performer, Kilo Quiche. Quiche has collaborated with everyone from Gorillaz to Childish Gambino and earned heaps of praise from Pitchfork, The New York Times, and Vogue. Her latest single is called New Tricks, Art, Aesthetics, and Money. And The song's hook is built around the expression that you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Also joining us is NYU neuroscientist, Dr. Wendy Suzuki. Wendy is recognized as one of the top researchers in her field and is the best-selling author of the book, Healthy Brain, Happy Life. Her 2017 TED Talk on the brain-changing benefits of exercise has more than 55 million views, and she continues to work to spread the understanding of how we can use principles of brain plasticity to transform our lives for the better. Hello, Kilo, Keish, and Wendy. Thanks for coming on the show. Hello.
3: Thanks for having us.
2: So... I'd like to start out, and, and though we're just talking about this one line in particular, I want to say that this song has such incredible lyrics, just start to finish.
3: Thank you. So,
2: I, I would like to hear more about kind of what informed it, and what's it about, how it came together.
3: Yeah, so Nutrix is really just about not wanting to conform to the need to create so much content as an artist. I feel like in the past couple of years, the need for content has just, like, skyrocketed. And it's been tough to kind of keep up with the need to be constantly posting or to keep delivering snippets or TikToks. It's kind of daunting, so I kind of made a song just about my frustration with that and the need for artists to constantly produce.
2: So when you say, in the hook, you say you can't teach new tricks to an old dog, how does that tie in to that pressure to create more and more content, or what were you trying to convey when you came up with that lyric?
3: Well, I think I just wanted to have some of the purity of the old way of making art, or not mm. needing to have it be, you know, also marketed in such a intense way, or being able to enjoy some of the process, and be able to have my time to really think about what I'm doing, and not be so focused on the output of it. And so in that way, I'm kind of like an old dog that kind of likes the the pure way of just creating and not needing it to be a whole social media thing.
2: Yeah, 100%. So let's get back to this lyric that brought us all here, which is you can't teach new tricks to an old dog. And Wendy, I'm going to venture to guess that you disagree.
0: Yes. Or at least strongly. It, yeah, I strongly yeah. disagree.
2: <laughs> at least as it applies to humans or rats.
0: That's right. Okay. So while I love the song, it's absolutely clear that we as humans have this lifelong capacity to keep learning new things, dependent on the structure that I introduced a, a little while ago called the hippocampus. Um, it is critical for a particular form of... Um, new learning, that is new learning of facts and also events. So our memory of this event with, uh, uh, with the music clip and where you're sitting and the stories that are being told, all of that is going to be remembered by us because we all have working hippocampi. And so this works all the time. So it's not true that you can't.
2: Right, take- cause so that's a fallacy. Because I felt like when I was growing up, they just said that like you stop making neurons once you become an adult, but... That's-
0: well, that's, that is almost totally true. Okay. Uh, except in one place, or two places. One of the places is the hippocampus. Okay. So all of us have brand new brain cells, shiny new brain cells being born in the hippocampus, a structure critical for your ability to form new, new memories for facts and events. So I'm going to tell you the secret to get even more brain cells in your hippocampus, shiny new brain cells, and that is... Physical activity, moving your body actually stimulates the release of a growth factor called brain-derived neurotrophic factor that goes directly to your hippocampus and um, encourages even more brain cells to grow and integrate and then start working in your hippocampus. My favorite brain structure.
2: So when we're talking about brain plasticity, we're, we're talking primarily about memory formation, or at least that's the best instance
0: So brain plasticity refers to the ability of the brain to form new circuits or to change its circuitry is is the basic definition. Mm -hmm. But there's actually two flavors of brain plasticity. There's positive brain plasticity where new circuits are formed, new things are learned among many other things, but there's also negative brain plasticity. So if there is stress associated with all the Instagram posts that you have to do and all the TikToks you have to do, Uh, Stress, anxiety uh, can actually lead to negative brain plasticity, the uh, uh, destruction of dendrites and circuits in your brain. So, you know, you have to be careful. There are things that can benefit your brain, like exercise. Mm -hmm. There are things that can be very detrimental, like high levels of stress, anxiety.
2: Right, and you make a really important point in the book, which is that physiologically, our brain, we don't know how to distinguish between whether or not, like, there is a bear... (laughs) Uh, about to attack us, or we have a research paper due or something.
0: Right, right. So worry about that oncoming uh, event or, or global warming or, or a virus that might get us, that worry can act uh, the same way as the real threat. You'd think our brain would have evolved to work better than that, but, but it hasn't. And that has caused significant rise in our level of both depression and anxiety um, yeah. since the pandemic started.
2: So you were talking earlier about the importance of exercise and how you can improve brain plasticity. What are some other key points? Because so much of Wendy's work is devoted to helping us uh, self-improve with better understanding of of brain plasticity. So please give us a primer about how we can use it. Sure.
0: So I'm going to outline my top three approaches to get better brain plasticity. Number one, we already started with exercise because it literally grows brand new cells in your hippocampus. That's all you should need right now just to go out and, and start walking. You don't have to run a marathon, just start walking more. That can, that can improve. Exercise also improves the release of neurotransmitters that can make your anxiety levels decrease, your depression levels decrease, your hostility levels decrease. I did a study over the pandemic that looked at subjects between the ages of 25 and and 95, and looking at the effects of 30 minutes of age-appropriate physical activity in all groups from the 20s to the 90s, decreased anxiety levels, depression levels, and hostility levels. So that is a very, very powerful effect. That's just one intervention, physical activity. Number two is meditation. Meditation is a practice of Working the attentional function of your prefrontal cortex, we know it has significant ability to decrease anxiety and stress levels that are very, very helpful. And in long-term practitioners, uh, meditation practitioners, we see physical changes in the prefrontal cortex, not necessarily new cells being born there, but it looks like there's more synapses, uh, which increases the size of these, these prefrontal areas. And then the third amazing tool to think about if you want to bring more positive brain plasticity in your life is mindset, the power of mindset, which is basically your belief system. And that is so helpful in our era of high levels of anxiety and depression and worrying about all these different things. What you believe in and and how you view the world changes your physiology And can change your brain anatomy as well. So exercise, meditation, and mindset.
1: And we'll be back with more from rapper Kilo Kish and neuroscientist Dr. Wenny Suzuki right after this.
2: Can you paint a picture? Like, what does that actually look like? inside the brain. Like when when we're talking about neuroplasticity, Mm -hmm. when we're talking about creating new pathways and changing your brain anatomy under the microscope or however you see it, what does that look like?
0: Well, I mean, the most dramatic picture is going back to the hippocampus because moving your body, physical activity will release this growth factor that goes directly to the hippocampus. And there is this neuro regeneration zone in the hippocampus where little brand new shiny hippocampal cells are being born, some of them die, but with high levels of this growth factor, these little shiny uh, hippocampal cells grow, and they integrate, and they start to form circuits. What are those circuits doing? They're helping you form new memories. And by the way, the other critical thing that the hippocampus does is that it helps with imagination. Because you're not only remembering things from your past, but if you have damage to the hippocampus, there have been shown to be significant impairments in being able to imagine a situation that you've never been in. So all of your beautiful work in putting together everything from the visual world, from the movement world, from the music world, and putting them together in a way that has never been put together before, you're using your hippocampus to be able to do that. And so what it looks like is, you know, you, you end up with a bigger fatter, fluffier hippocampus, if you take my Hmm. recommendation to move more, and that will not only get you better memory, but better ability to put together things in your mind together better for your art or for science. I mean, science is a great creative art as well. How long does it take
3: to see the results of like exercise and stuff on the brain? Yeah,
0: yeah. So I've been trying to understand that. And so we looked at low fit participants, people that were exercising less than 30 minutes a week. And we asked them to exercise between two to three times a week, 45 minutes, we gave them free spin classes. And we found in three months, 12 weeks, significant improvements in their hippocampal function, in their memory function, changes in their improvements in their mood and their body image. So I haven't proven that that's the lowest amount, but 12 weeks of changing your physical activity can lead to significant brain changes.
2: And when you talk about a fluffier hippocampus, does that mean heavier? Like your brain gets heavier? It
0: means larger in size. So with more brain cells there, it makes it basically more dense. And Mm -hmm. if you look on structural images of the hippocampus, it is bigger. And uh, I just use the term fluffy because it's fun. And it's a clinical
2: (laughs) term. So as it concerns threat detection, like if, if quiche is experiencing the kind of stress that we described yeah. or what I'm assuming is that is is stressful to produce and create new content. I, I remember from your book, you deal a little bit with the effect of, of stress on creative operation. And yeah. so how would you test for that?
0: When you get stressed and yeah. and there's lots of ways to measure stress. The simplest way is your electrical capacity on your skin, because you tend to get all sweaty Mm. Uh, and so that's a very common stress response when you're stressed the amygdala gets gets involved and so while it's hard to shove somebody in an fmri magnet to see whether your amygdala is involved you could easily measure are you sweating in my class at nyu i do a stress example where uh, i have a student come and put their hand on the table and um i have a hammer And I bang the table right next to their hand. And then when they take their hand off, there's this big sweat mark there. And so we have the other students determine, can you tell whether the student was stressed or not? It works every time. It's very effective.
2: That is cruel. I I don't hit their hand. (laughs) On the the other side of that, how could you test for the improvement of creative function or like in, in the absence of stress?
0: I mean, that's a very interesting question. I don't know if anybody's tested that. I mean how would you test that would i have to come and measure how how many songs you produce in an hours (laughs) yeah i don't know exactly how you would test
3: it but to what you were saying like i do believe that exercise definitely helps in those types of situations Mm. it's like being able to leave out of your house and like stop what you're doing for a second and getting your head out of the minutiae of all of that creating yeah it really does help to center things at least for me and also what you said and when we were talking about backstage mm-hmm. like mindset regarding yeah. how you're seeing things it's like great to get your frustrations out but then remembering like oh this is stressing me out because I really care about this mm-hmm. you know this is stressing me out because it's something that's important to me and then like reframing it in a way to where you're like oh okay I can go back to this with a different attitude
0: yeah
2: Is that part of your process when you write or record? Do you exercise or meditate or anything?
3: I try to meditate. I'm not the greatest at it, but I'm like working at it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I definitely like to work out and I do have to reframe things. Mm -hmm. Some things, obviously, there are tons of things that you don't feel like doing, Mm -hmm. but then you're like, okay, how do I get myself in the right headspace to do this?
2: So, I mean, you're basically saying like when you incorporate movement that it actually helps open up room for
0: new ideas absolutely i mean you're releasing not just dopamine and serotonin and noradrenaline and and, um endorphins which i like to call the neurochemical bubble bath that you give your brain every Mm. single time you actually move your body but the growth factors are also being released that basically makes your hippocampus work better as well
2: Exercise, exercise, exercise. Yes. Okay. Well, we're out of time, but I can't thank you both enough for being here. This has been incredible. Thank you so much.
3: Thank, thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank everybody.
2: Be sure to check out Kilo Keisha's new album, American Girl, out March 25th. And Wendy's latest book, Good Anxiety Harnessing the Power of the Most Misunderstood Emotion.
1: And that was an episode from the Podcasting for Science. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Universe of Art is hosted and produced by me, D. Peter Schmidt, and I also wrote the music. Our show art is illustrated by Abel Hayford. And support for Science Friday science and arts coverage comes from the Alfred P. Sloan Foundation. Also, if you have an idea for a future episode of Universe of Art, you can send us an email or a voice memo to universe at sciencefriday.com. We'll be back in two weeks, see ya.